By the power of my ass. <laughs> I command you to move to the wall. I'm, all right. Butterscotch shenanigans. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 56 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast, Butterscotch Shenanigans. I'm Seth, and I'm the games programmer. I'm Sam, and I make pictures. I'm Carol Mertz, and I am the nerd herder. I'm Andy, and I do some stuff with computers right now. And today is July 19th, 2016. Before we get started, we have a warning. Anything could happen on this show. There will be profanity, definitely, and probably some other stuff, too. Uh, so this show should not be listened to by children or youngsters. Mm -mm. I just want to point out that, so Andy is one of our, our new guys on the team. Welcome, Andy. Welcome. Welcome, Hi, everyone. And I just want to point out, while you say you've been doing computer stuff, uh, you brought in a big piece of cardboard today that you've been doing stuff with. It's cardboard and tape. Yeah, yeah. it is. And it's, it's also a video game cabinet, like an arcade type. It's thing. so cool. So we we were talking about ways that we can make our convention experiences more interesting. And we were just spitballing and throwing around this idea that, hey, we could have little tiny arcade cabinets for our tablets. Mm -hmm. And Andy's like, I can do that. <laughs> we like, and then 30 minutes later, he posted a picture of a... <laughs> Of a, quote, prototype, which is basically a finished product of a cardboard arcade cabinet that can pop open and have a NVIDIA Shield tablet mounted inside. And it folds flat. Yeah, we were like, it's going to have to pack. He's like, that's fine. How did you, <laughs> how did you do it? I just drew it on the paper and then it made it happen. That's really, that's my process. So, <laughs> so some kind of voodoo witchcraft blend. Papercraft. Yes, yeah. that's exactly. So Andy's a bit of a handyman. So what, handy, what else, Andy? Andy? Well, so tell we, us, yeah, tell everybody where you're from and kind of what, what your are you story doing is. here? What are you even here Why for? Why aren't you in your training dungeon? And where's Adam and what have you done with him? Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I come from Section, Alabama. It's a small town, uh, about 800 people. Um, went to college in Jacksonville and decided I liked video games enough to uh, apply for this position. And... Uh, so and that's, that, then here you are now. Then here I am. One, two, that. three. And how, how has your... <laughs> you put his idea on paper and then made it happen. Now, oh, how it. has your experience been of making the transition from living in Jacksonville to living in St. Louis? And have you had any adventures on uh, the way? I've had plenty of adventures. Um, the moving company stole all my shit. <laughs> It was the first adventure. Um, so right now I'm kind of laughing just, at that. No, it's funny. It's okay. It's incredible. Yeah, <laughs> it's so, amazing. It's just a. It's sort of a sympathy laugh. Yeah. It's amazing a, that this that this happens. How does this happen? Yeah, I mean they moved your stuff just to a place that you were not existing. <laughs> yes, that's and the, no, actually nobody knows they, where. Yeah. The, so yeah. what happened is they moved all of my stuff out of my house into a truck, and they were like. Okay, are you gonna want to want this in St. Louis this weekend? And we're like, no, we just need it Monday instead of Sunday. And they're like, okay, well, they decided that it would be easier instead of just waiting in Jacksonville to drive all the way back to freaking Florida, which is fourteen hours away, when St. Louis would have been like eight or so. Uh, and it's also the opposite direction. It is. It's fourteen <laughs> hours in the opposite direction, so now they are over. They're a whole day away. So because you were like, no, I don't want it on Sunday, just on Monday. They interpreted that as Monday. They well, we'll, we'll just steal all of the shit. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just keep it. So it has been how many weeks now? Without my stuff? Yeah, about four weeks. It's been four weeks, yeah. and he got here and just basically scrounged together an air mattress. Yep. And just laid on that my in favorite, a completely bare apartment. My favorite part, though, was I think on day two, we were all very concerned. We're like, Andy, how you doing? He's like, I'm it's fine. It's whatever. And we're like, how did you sleep okay? And he's like, well, my air mattress deflated on me. <laughs> we're like, shit, the one thing you own just collapsed. <laughs> it turned its back on me. <laughs> yeah. 
So uh, it's been it's been rough, but you got it. You got a real mattress now, and you're yeah, you're, and a class action lawsuit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so that's two things you have now. Yeah. 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 Well, well yeah. I mean, we're glad you're here. You're kicking butt. So here. Andy's training up uh, under under Adam Adam's tutelage. Adam's tutelage to uh, sort of do partner work with Bscotch ID and web development and all kinds of other uh, problem solving and efficiency cool stuff. How have you found that as far as, uh, you know, is it melting your brain off? How is it? Uh, it's it's doing a pretty good job of melting my brain. I uh, Every day when I get home, I can kind of feel my brain slushing around inside, but mm-hmm. I'm, I am learning a lot. That's, uh, that's for sure. I think yeah. I'm on yeah. like, language number eight now. It's well, we, a good day. It's a good day at work when you get home and then you can't function. do anything. Yeah, you we just can't uh, brain anymore. Yeah, we were laughing because uh, the uh, you know Carol got onboarded in a couple of days and it was just sort of it was mainly learning how to write in our style was her her only challenge. And then um, when it comes to the job Adam does, it happens to be programming it in all of the languages. And so we brought Andy on. We're like, okay, well we need you to just just you know just learn all of the languages if you could for programming. So <laughs> yeah, you could do like anything. Seven of them. <laughs> If you don't yeah, mind. if you can just learn Well, and it's it's particularly challenging because it's it's learning five to seven programming languages for any reason. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So Adam's Adam's role here has been basically just solve every problem that happens. Um and doesn't so work, make an app for it. It's just it's a pretty <laughs> it's it's a weirdly nebulous yet concrete role, and so just kind of solve problems as they come up. So uh yeah, I mean it's been it's been fun watching you kind of tackle this stuff. Um and I think there's gonna be some interesting things happening in the Well future. we also found out you have a you have a little garden you brought with you that you did get. Yeah, oh, I did brought not that get stolen. I packed that in my own vehicle. That and your fish, thank God. Yes. <laughs> I would have cried if I'd lost my fishes. Uh yeah. So I got a little garden out in the back which got a couple bonsai trees and some Ivies, just kind of aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, well, yeah you're kind of like a monk now. You've just got like a couple plants, and just <laughs> nothing. That's it. You just meditate on your on your mattress. It has been an enlightening experience. <laughs> <laughs> you don't really need as much stuff as you think you need. Yeah, yeah. very true. Well, we're happy you came out of the training dungeon to hang out. In this Glad podcast. to see the sunshine again. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> how, we're throwing you right your... back in there in like 45 minutes. So yeah, yeah. Are, your, are your wrists doing okay? Do you have blisters from the cuffs? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I can't. The coding cuffs. <laughs> the coding they cuffs. chafe. All right, well, the next we got going on is uh, the announcement that we kind of left the cliffhanger Holy shit! <laughs> we got, um, Crash has got into the PAX 10. Holy so Carol, is this a big deal? Or what's this the, is a huge deal. Enthused. I'm, de- I'm detecting. So what's the deal with Pax Ted? Because we didn't. You told us to apply for it months before you actually worked here, and so I just did because you told me to, and then we got it surprisingly, and then you were very excited, and all of us were confused. So can you tell us exactly what? PAX 10 is. So PAX, for those who are unfamiliar, is the Penny Arcade Expo that is hosted and thrown by the guys who write Penny Arcade, which is the webcomic about games. 
uh, PAX itself is one of the biggest games festivals uh, in the world because now it's international. It is large. It is yeah. large. So there's PAX West, which is in Seattle, PAX East in Boston, PAX South in San Antonio, and there's also PAX Australia in really? PAX know, down somewhere. Under, I, I think it's in Melbourne. Uh, but yeah, so PAX is huge. Uh, tens of thousands of people in attendance. And the PAX 60? 10. Is it 60,000 people? Yeah, that sounds one? right. Yeah. Uh, the PAX 10 is a curated selection of just 10 games uh, that were submitted to basically be, be reviewed and be played by dozens of industry professionals. And they basically decide what is the most fun game of the year and they showcase it. So they pick 10. The 10 most fun games that they think that their their attendees will appreciate most and crash lands made it yeah. Yeah. All, these are all indie games right? <laughs> these are all indie games indie yeah games. so it's the the requirement is that they must be an indie by an indie studio so Which it's, we are. yeah it's but it's huge so we're all the the three bros and i the four of us are going to be heading to mm -hmm. seattle for pax so if you're coming if you're going to be in seattle if you're going to be at pax Drop us a line and we would love to hang out with you. We have a whole bunch of really cool things planned for PAX at this point between the the cardboard arcade cabinets mm -hmm. and some fun merch toys that we're talking about getting and, made. And um, we're also going to be flinging butterscotch candies and hitting people in the eyes. Yeah, I'm going to bring a slingshot so I can hit people from across. That's a great idea. Make sure to wear your right goggles, eyes. everyone. Yeah, bring bring goggles near the He's getting good. It's like a t-shirt <laughs> cannon, but for with tiny butterscotch candies. With really can hard candies. candies. Yeah. And it's good. more eye or yeah, t-shirt cannons, they kind of just go, you know, wherever. We're going real specific on what we're going to be But doing. I mean, I also wanted to add sort of a randomized drop chance thing to it. So I'm either going to be shooting butterscotches at you or just nails. It's <laughs> 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 your randomized. Or little clods of dirt. Yeah, dirt clods, nails, and butterscotch candies. Yeah, so, so if you want to find our booth, just listen for the squeals of joy for people receiving candy and the squeals of people being impaled in the eye by Sam's nail cannon. Actually, real, real good. if we want to talk about the one kind of merch piece that we've been working mm -hmm. on, that would be a great thing to also shoot. Yeah. So we're. Because you could open it and then just pin go for it. it. So, so yeah, we got these pins coming that Carol's been working hard to get figured out how to actually get them made. Um, but it looks like we're going to yeah, we're gonna so, have some sweet pins. Yeah, we're not participating in Penny Arcade. Penny. Penny Arcade. Penny. Which is like a great pin swap. It, yeah, it's a, it's a big collectible pin trading right. thing with these nice fancy enamel lapel pins. But we're like, screw it. We're going to get some fancy enamel lapel pins anyway. And so we've decided to get one. We're with, so subversive. Yeah. Changing so a, a cute little lapel pin with Hugo. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be awesome. Yeah, so and the thing we'll do then that at each is, other. yeah, because you can clip it. Like a, what, a safety pin sort of mechanism on the back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'll just open that and just hit people with it. It's just it is it's <laughs> seriously just a sharp pin with a clasp over the top of Perfect. it. So you just take off the clasp Perfect. and just start. Perfect. Throw, and also, I mean, Carrie's Hugo's got language. pointy things. Yeah, that's true. So there's so many different ways. It'd be like a ninja star with a safety pin on the back of it. Yeah. This is great. And then Carol made a website. <laughs> yeah. A website. Oh my god. <laughs> So, how close are you to done with that, Carol? It's so close. Really, all we have to do is fill in uh, information about the games. Uh, but beyond that, we, we released the website yesterday to our Discord fans. Yeah. Uh, and they 
went through it and gave us a bunch of feedback and we're really cool about it and we're looking except for somebody with a what was the resolution of their monitor 21 by 9 <laughs> griffins or, yeah what, what? Like, somebody in our discord <laughs> has a it's like a watch like a, their, monitor, their monitor is just like a thin line that's just 40 feet long he's like there's a lot of white space on this i guess it's okay <laughs> hey, hey he walked right into that one <laughs> he, he no, made that he white cool space he was cool about it he was yeah. really cool about it Cool. Yeah. So we'll be hopefully launching that uh, within the next couple of days, and I probably, I guess, I probably need to write some stuff. Yeah, for we that. need to we need to get content in there before we launch it. Yeah, I but forgot about we that. We need yeah. to take a big team photo. That's and, just that's just details. But you know. ultimately, details. it's gonna it's gonna show up soon, and we're really excited about that. Cool. And you also do photography, right? So we can borrow your. Yeah, absolutely. Andy does a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> and we're discovering more and more anytime we just start having a conversation of, you know, it'd be cool if we did this. And Andy would be like, yeah, I did that for nine years. I'm like, what the hell? How old are you? I'm 67. <laughs> he operated a crane as a, as a, like a baby. A wee boy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, anyways, surprises it's, abound. You know, it's not about the years of your life, it's about the life in your years. Holy shit. It's yeah. going to be rattling around in my brain for a while. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So controller support. That's the next thing we've been working on. Mm -hmm. Crashlands. How's that coming, Seth? <laughs> it's, uh, it's still going. It's uh, the, the foundations of controller support have actually been there now for, for two weeks or something. Uh, but getting every game system working with a controller has is proving more and more to be just an endless stream of nightmares. Yeah, you don't usually think about <laughs> user interface translating from different input devices, but it's been the biggest challenge. Yep, and there's a couple interfaces that are actually just going to get completely redesigned, <laughs> um, where either they'll be redesigned, period, or they'll be redesigned in such a way that when you start using a controller, controller they will reconfigure themselves um, and i do have a pretty sweet thing where when as soon as you start wiggling a joystick or using a controller then the main game interface will like flip things and it'll move stuff it's on so screen cool. so that you can feel out the controller better yeah carol I, you got to play it over the weekend i played right? like five or six hours <laughs> over the weekend i played in uh my old save and then i played a brand new save i started a brand new save and just it plays so well and obviously there's things to you know things to tweak and stuff before it's ready to put out into the world but i was just so happy with how natural it felt mm. and how how good combat felt and it really really translates well that's good to hear yeah no i was <laughs> i was so so happy with it the only time i used the mouse and keyboard was when, when it was could, the interfaces when yeah when it was yeah. the interfaces that hadn't been translated yet so it was just it was such an exciting experience yes! for me because i wanted the controller initially i was one of those jerks who was like what do you mean i have to use a mouse and keyboard yeah. well, <laughs> well out, you know we were you were wrong you were a jerk that. at the time but now in retrospect i was a yeah. jerk we, we were the jerks <laughs> We were both jerks, Every, Seth. We, let's just we, we <laughs> reconcile. This is just great. Yeah. So everybody's making up. Everybody's making up. It's just nice. Uh, we made a lot of strides today, guys. I think we, we also the podcast. Uh, we also have something yeah. super cool coming up, uh, which has been a semi-secret for a few weeks here. Um, yeah, it was one of my first. One of Carol's first gigs yeah. here was to figure out how to get a Crashlands comic made. Yeah. Because again, we want to make we want to turn all of our stuff into more than just the games that, that come out. And so um, we found a, a guy from St. Louis, Benjamin Sawyer, mm -hmm. who I think you knew before, right? Yeah, I'd met him at, well, I knew his nephew, 
through the game scene. His nephew's actually a game reviewer. Oh. And mm. so I met Ben Sawyer because he was suggested that I meet up with him at an anime festival here in St. Louis when we were demoing uh, at my previous studio and discovered that he had worked on art for the FTL comic and one of their, I think they had an animated short or a trailer mm -hmm. or something that he did art for. And so I was like, oh my God, this guy's so good. And I want to work with him <laughs> on a game project. And so when I saw one of the first projects that y'all wanted me to look into was a comic for Crashlands, I was like, oh, this guy, yeah. <laughs> this guy would be Kurt so good for like, this. I know someone. Yep. I know somebody. <laughs> so I think the, uh, I just want to point out that the, the power of just general networking should not be underestimated. underestimated. Yeah. yeah. Because, and this has happened with some other stuff that we've got going on where, where people he knew for years before interact with you know only briefly maybe but but went out to meet or get coffee with or something like that somewhere literally years down the line were the key to some sort of uh development happening for us in a really big way so and if you're one of, if you're one of those people who's uncomfortable with business terminology you just call it making friends yeah because that's, that's actually really what it is that's what i that's what i try to do yeah, yeah. networking keeps me out but making friends is it's, the best it's one and the same it just yeah. depends it's on weird how it. adults are like if this isn't in the context of business then i can't see it being a valuable part of my time so i have yeah. to say it's networking you know yeah i can't just go make friends at the bar being social hour. isn't work but it is if i'm networking yeah so <laughs> that's right Adults are weird. And yeah. also got to paint all their walls beige and gray Ew. and make sure no color or joy enters enters life. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was just vomiting rainbows over here. I couldn't handle all the beige. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking beige. All right, so comics coming along. We're going to have some more info coming out about that as, as it develops. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it should be ready mid-August to have more information. So keep your eye out. Keep your ear and your eye. Yeah. Just keep your keep your parts ready keep to receive information. <laughs> okay, right. so with that, let's hit some questions. Question time. How? Uh, first question comes well, from. As a reminder, all of these questions are actually submitted. <laughs> and if you have any questions, any probing questions for us here at Butterscotch well, not Shenanigans, ones. keep the not, <laughs> keep your probes to yourself. If you have non-probing questions and or comments and or anything else that you would like to shoot our way to discuss on the podcast, feel free to go to podcast.bscotch.net and submit them there. You can always submit anonymously if you are embarrassed of your thoughts. Great job, Karen. <laughs> You're embarrassed of your thoughts, but but still need to publish them onto the internet. <laughs> That's what everybody. Anyway, <laughs> so. Alright, first question comes from Angry Muffin, who asks, he see well, he says he's so excited to try the new controller scheme for Crashlands. Uh will the new controller scheme support phone controllers? And does this mean we're going to see a launch on Xbox and or PlayStation? Mm. Um, I'll say in theory, it does. It support does phone controllers. It would support phone controllers. Um, the, the, the thing that would sort of stand in the way of that would be if there's some kind of weirdness with our ability to communicate over Bluetooth. Because that's how most phone controllers actually work. Um, so we, we're also going to be testing it with the NVIDIA Shield TV to see how well that goes. Um, so there's definitely some potential console possibilities. And it it does mean that it would be possible to play it on an Xbox and or PlayStation. Uh, but we have no, you know, current uh, stuff in the works on that. So we got to get some deals going. <laughs> Yeah. Make some deals. Shady business deals. Yeah. <laughs> Which kind of comes back around to, you know, there's there's a, a weird kind of 
distinction between having the technical capacity to mm-hmm. do something and actually, you know, having the connections and the the, uh, and the, the actual business, business the deals. The yeah. deals. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but that's something we'd like to we'd like to look into. So we'll have some we'll have some info on. Well, I wanted to say something about Bluetooth. Which is I read, and I don't know if it's true, but I read that the the word Bluetooth is actually named, it's named after some old like Viking or Scandinavian warlord guy who brought together as a unifying thing all of the clans or whatever. And the reason he was called, he was referred to as Bluetooth because he always ate blueberries and apparently so much that it stained his teeth blue. <laughs> I always wondered about that because Bluetooth has one of the coolest names of any just basic it technology. And apparently the logo you know? is just his runic symbol. Oh, weird. How about yeah. that? Do blueberries really stain your teeth? I, I was like, how green, many? green, aren't they? No, Maybe he just always... blue. They're a deep blue on the inside. What? Really? Or at least blueberries? Like yeah, yeah, it's like a blue purple. They're real deep. Oh yeah, because yeah, I'm thinking of blueberry compote now. It's yeah, very. You don't want to <laughs> I'm thinking of because I like them tart, so I usually like them sort of raw. Mm-hmm. He yeah. might have just been really good at personal branding, you know? <laughs> because so this is something that when Adam used to work at his lab, he used Boomerang for Gmail to make mm-hmm. sure that anytime he responded to emails, they would go out at random times between uh, 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. You're revealing all of his secrets. And then he would go, he would be the first one in the lab by five minutes. And then he would just leave five minutes after everybody else. And he never brought lunch. He just brought a cookie. And so <laughs> people were always really confused because they're like, he doesn't sleep. He's always in the lab. You know, he never eats. He just is like a science pixie that just floats around the lab and solves maybe. problems yeah so maybe bluetooth you know maybe he just always he just had a knew. pocket full of blueberries and anytime he needed to go into a you know social he situation just grind he just jam them into his face yeah he's like i gotta maintain my, my well, I think brand the funniest thing about adam's uh sort of scheming was well first of all that we didn't find out about this until I think a couple of years like into or shortly after his PhD had actually completed, which is hysterical that he had this sort of whole persona he built. Um, <laughs> but also that his, uh, his wife ac- accidentally played into it one time because they had a holiday party or something and they could bring whatever they wanted. And Jenny just brought a plate full of cookies. Oh my God, that's so good. <laughs> and everyone's like, what? What is happening? Oh, he eats his cookies. He doesn't eat anything How else. How does he function? Where's the nutrition at? <laughs> They're so, vitamin cookies. Yeah, I think uh, there's. It's very important to your personal branding because who knows? Maybe in maybe in like seven hundred years or more, you could become the name you of have, a new you, piece of technology. Yeah, because you, you're the weird guy who's always mashing blueberries. You, you just yeah, you you build on the legends. Wasn't there a friend of yours who always wore vests with pockets in high school? The Guido. I think that was Guido. Yeah, <laughs> and he knew it. He wanted to be that guy. Yeah, I don't guy. know why, the best guy, but Weird. he just he did. Yeah, <laughs> to go with this. We could ask him about best. it. He has his own podcast. He does. Yeah. <laughs> um, this actually leads to the next question pretty easily. Which next is from question. Dubrowski, who asks, "Did any of you have any nicknames that douchey kids gave you back in school?" His was Dumbrowski. Oh my god. <laughs> so it wasn't a dumb kid. But it was a math teacher who a I thought was really you cute. And so it was even more painful because I had a crush on this sixth grade math teacher and when I was 11 year crushed. old Carol. And he would call me in class, big old barrel of Carol. <laughs> <laughs> and I, one time I, I tried to ask him in class not to call me that anymore. He's like, what's wrong with big old barrel of Carol <laughs> in front of the whole class? And I just started crying. And oh, I don't no. realize 
realizing uh, that this is the second podcast that I've talked about crying in middle school. <laughs> I remember crying in middle school. It's a terrible time. Middle school is traumatic for everyone. We called you Big Old Barrel of Carol as an eleven year old. That's a really long and elaborate nickname. It is. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I was pretty pretty distressed to say the least. Was this like a you know in any way a fitting nickname? Like were you you know you know she was he six just feet tall. He was being clever. So you weren't shaped like a barrel. Yeah. I was tiny. <laughs> I was the littlest child. He's like, here comes gonna catch you and Carol. <laughs> Carol the monster. Rampage down. <laughs> I seriously weighed like seventy five pounds when I was eleven. Oh my god, more than I weighed when I was eleven. Well, I was, was a, I was a tiny, tiny smidgen. I could have been. I don't remember. Yeah. I was the second smallest child in my fifth grade so the point class. Is, it wasn't in any way a descriptive nickname. No, it was just some sort of fun phonetic thing he likes throwing. Alliteration, phonetic. Yeah. And he was cute enough to very upset me. Big barely <laughs> Carol. But <laughs> you, mm. Seth, what do you got? No, I didn't. I mean, no, I didn't really have any nicknames. Seth. No. Just people called me Seth, <laughs> and uh, that was it. <laughs> uh, I, did, I didn't have, really have yeah. any douche run-ins or anything like that. Yeah, you're pretty. You somehow managed to I, skate around. I was, it. I was like Carol. I was super tiny for most of my youth, and so I learned how to deflect and diffuse situations by just turning everything into a joke hmm. as I grew up. Comedy is a weapon. So, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> and so anytime, anytime somebody would start kind of giving me sass about something. I would just start making them laugh about something else and then it's a good approach. Yeah. And then they would welcome me into their, their circle of douches. And then I would be like, I'm good. I'm but good. Thanks. <laughs> that sounds really kind of vinegary. <laughs> circle of <laughs> depends on your brand, maybe, but <laughs> Yeah. I didn't I didn't partake. That sounds like so a, I wouldn't that's know. a good name for this podcast. Circle of douches. <laughs> I'm writing that down. Gross. Uh, Andy, what happened to you in middle school? How was it? Well, this was in high school, and uh, I decided to go to tech school. I wanted to learn about electrician work, and the first day, I sat down next to these douches. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, that right there. I must sit by the douches. Well, it was, you know, there's only like four seats, wow. and two of them had broken everything, so, you know. It wasn't it, a choice. It wasn't, it wasn't much choice, so I sat down, and this guy, his name was Sully, just so just like rockets over Mike? towards me and he's like over my desk and he's like you look like you look like my buddy cricket i'm gonna call you cricket now and it stuck <laughs> so hard i was cricket for the rest of high school oh no, uh, oh, no. yeah it wasn't it wasn't bad it, mind it. It, it became a brand so now like when i go and visit some of my friends there's just like people i don't even know hanging out there at the tech school oh cricket's like, here oh, cricket. <laughs> can What's we up, call cricket? you cricket yeah that's fine all right i'm not doing it i'm not gonna do it <laughs> <laughs> Sam, it's like you... cricket's a pretty good nickname as far as nicknames go. Yeah. You know? I mean, the second thing it's is not that a bad someone one. just gave it, like, forced it on you. <laughs> well, no, it was because part. I looked like someone whose nickname was Cricket. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if you don't even have your own I identity. I wonder if right. that's how their friend got his nickname. Oh, my God. <gasps> how far down does it go? The cricket curse. You, are, you might be like Cricket the Eighth. Yeah. 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 There's some ancient Viking named Cricket who hung Lord out with Lord Cricket the 14. Yeah. Who hung out with a weirdo who ate blueberries all the time. <laughs> uh, so I didn't, I didn't have any nicknames that stuck, you know, by anything. But I remember I remember this one particularly traumatizing day in school uh, on the bus ride home. The thing is, uh, the I, had, I usually had the same sort of technique that Seth did where I could just deflect everything and it was fine. So people didn't attack me or anything. Well liked. I wasn't like mean to anybody. It was fine. But it's one day for just for no reason. I was walking. I got bus pulls up to get home. 
and I stand up to get up to get out. And just for the record, I'm gonna say <laughs> my ass is not flappy. <laughs> Before I go into this. Well, okay. <laughs> now that that's uh, here's what happens. Foreshadowing. I, I just I get up to get off the bus, and the guys I was hanging out with, who I thought were my friends, um, one of them's like flabby butt. <laughs> of course, these bunch of like twelve year olds or something. And I don't think he realized what he did, but he essentially just nicknamed me at that moment for. Like I, I, so as I started getting off the bus, and then all these, like literally the back half of the entire bus started cheering flabby butt. I was the only one getting off. So oh my God. It's, it was just terrible. It was like this weird walk of shame thing. And I was so annoyed because I was like, it, my butt's not even flabby. I don't know what, you know, it's, it's the same barrel of Carol thing. Like, right. you're not shaped like a barrel. Why are we calling you? <laughs> same situation. Horrible. So I get off the bus and I'm just being so infuriated. And then... Everybody forgot about it, of course. But day. you did. Like, it didn't stick, but I, I remember. I remembered everything. I, remember. <laughs> <laughs> I forgive, wow. but I do not forget. So, yeah. Flabby butt. Yeah, I had plenty of, bu I had <laughs> plenty Sorry, of bus butt. run ins. We used, to, so, barrel. <laughs> we used to live miles outside of town in a small town. And so we would have a good 40, 30 to 45 minute bus ride every day. And sometimes it was just, you know, the yellow tube of disasters mm -hmm. where just horrible social interactions would happen. Well, Sethos used to have a bit of a rage problem, truth be told. What is that? <laughs> what are you what? talking about? <laughs> what are you saying to me right now? Well, so, yeah, because apparently it runs in our uh, what the, our mom's side of the family is having a having a bit of a rage or a big bad temper. Yeah, you you want and, me to you want me to whip out a story on this? Uh, the bus oh, no. the bus story. All right, so here's the story, <laughs> and I still assert that I was in the right on this, you especially Keep especially since I was like eight. Okay, so. <laughs> Long bus ride. I'm tired because it's uh, 6.30 in the morning and I'm 8. So <laughs> I'm, I'm in the back of the bus and I'm just kind of sleeping in the seat on the way to school. And there's this, uh, this girl on the bus and she's the same age as me. And she sees that I'm sleeping. And so she thinks it would be hilarious if she reaches over into my seat and uses her nails to scratch the seat to make a whole bunch of noise to wake me up. So she woke the me old, up. The old seat scratch. Yeah, she woke me up and classic. Window. And mm -hmm. I was just kind of like, "What do you like, stop that? I'm trying to sleep." So I, so I fell back to sleep. Quit this nonsense, child. And then, uh, <laughs> and then she waits until I'm about to fall asleep again, and then she does it again. Ooh. Oh, and no. I just looked at her and I said, "I was very calm about it. I just said, if you do this again, I'm going to kick you." <laughs> and fair warning. And I thought it was pretty reasonable. And then I went back to sleep and she did it again. And then I kicked her <laughs> in the shin. Uh, and then I went to the principal's office and got sent home from school for the day. <laughs> for another 45 minute bus ride. Yeah. What? So I don't know. It was, uh, I thought it was a pretty clear cut situation, but I don't condone violence anymore. <laughs> But as, but as an eight-year-old, you know, I can only do so much damage with a kick. Well, so. and I think, I, I don't know if we've discussed this on the podcast, but children are typically psychopaths up until a certain point when they start children to understand take, children repercussions. Take a, and, yeah, they take a lot of joy in the suffering of others. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's also so, just they don't know how to have an interaction that's not based on some really sort of 
you know, tribal pure emotional you, piece. Yeah. yeah. Like, I need you to get, I need to get you to react to what I'm doing, so I'm gonna piss you off. It was an interesting scenario for me too, because I was I was never in trouble at school. Like I never caused any problems for anybody. And so for years I had been, you know, going through class and no problems. And then one day I get basically, you know, suspended for the day because of a thing I did. It was very it was interesting. It was an interesting situation. Was Dad a or one of the folks upset about that or were they I think uh, they were, they were upset, but they also, when they heard the story, they were just like, well, whatever. <laughs> she <laughs> she, right. I mean, she knew like, it was going to happen. Yeah, it sounds like it came out on top, though, because you get to go home as an yeah, eight-year-old. Yeah, as an eight-year-old, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right. All right. All right. Next question. Next question. Uh, uh, Carol, you want to take it? Well, I'm well, trying okay. to decide which one. Uh, this one comes from Alan Falcon, who asks, what is your least favorite song lyric? And why? Do you ever feel like a plastic bag? <laughs> like we were talking about the other day. Could you not choose something, anything else that floats in the wind? I never fucking feel like a plastic bag. But the whole point is like the what she's... Her next part of that song lyric is floating in the wind, right? Right. There are so many more things that float in the wind... Aimlessly, right? That are not okay. fucking like plastic a bags. I gotta, I gotta look up. I gotta look up the song lyrics for this. Not for that, but I agree. Plastic bag is ridiculous. Plastic, plastic bag. Worst pop lyric ever. Yes. Okay. What about you, Sam? Uh, well, so I, I've just been having a general weird feel about a lot of the music that I've been hearing recently, and I think it's because I just, I've been paying attention to the actual lyrics now that I'm older, as opposed to just singing the tunes and. Two songs that recently came out that in combo just are have, start painting a really freaky picture to me of uh, what we sort of, on a general pop culture level, teach people is acceptable about relationships and stuff. And so the first one is, is uh, We Don't Talk Anymore, which just came out recently. Mm -hmm. Selena Gomez and Charlie Puth. Mm -hmm. And the whole song is basically saying... You know, we broke up a while ago and we don't talk anymore and this makes me super sad and I just I really want to talk to you and why aren't you ever talking to me? It's this whole thing. It's this sort of mildly creepy thing about, you know, not getting over a person and like trying to figure out ways to interact with them past the point where they actually want to interact Even with you. Even though the relationship right. is over. So there's that one. Um, and the other one is that I, I can't remember what the guy's name is. I hate all of his songs, but <laughs> they're all like that. <laughs> the the other one is that, is, that, is that I still get jealous song. Nick Jonas. Oh. That guy. So that song's fucked up. But then this one, <laughs> this new one they put out uh, called like Space or something. The lyric is something about um, space is just a word used by someone who's afraid to get too close. And also like, astronauts. Yeah, also those people. But space, like, what the fuck? What the fuck is that even trying to say? About, is this a pop song? Yeah, it's a pop song. It's like a love song, right? About nonsense. Nonsense, apparently. <laughs> but the idea that you like that you shouldn't have any ability to get away from. Well, I think a I think a reasonable I think a reasonable person would find the lyrics to most pop songs objectionable. That's generally true. Yeah, right. I mean, for me, the the one that just kind of blew my mind that uh, it was Robin a thick yes blurred lines. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's singing this song, and I hadn't heard it or anything, and but I just kind of heard people, you know, throwing the refrain out there and stuff like that. And then finally, I actually heard it on the radio, and I was listening to the words, and I was just like, "Is this, what the fuck is this? Yeah. This is like a it's a little rapey. It's a rape anthem. Yeah, it's, it's a little creepy, it's right? Such a I mean, creepy song. Yeah, and 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 he's saying, you know, you're a good girl, like talking. I don't know. It was it creeped me the hell out, yeah. but it it blew my mind that this became. 
a big phenomenon. popular thing and people are just out singing it joyfully you know men and women alike i don't know I what know do you, you think it? it definitely started i mean it definitely started a lot of conversations about pop music and the the themes thereof yeah. and it's it's so blatant it's such a i mean it's 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 really disgusting that it's popular and celebrated maybe really. that was his goal yeah get people talking about it i don't no. think so <laughs> no, no. But, i mean on that, that same, on that same note a lot of male pop stars will talk about how women should and shouldn't act in songs like mm-hmm. oh what's that drake song uh, uh hotline bling he's like telling the girl how she used to be and how she should be and how hmm. now she's changed now that he's not with her i'm like you've been abusing her you've clearly oh. been emotionally <laughs> controlling her this whole time and now that she's finally away from you she's being herself and you're judging her for not blowing up your phone every night and it's like back the fuck off and give the woman a life yeah drake Welcome Jesus to- <laughs> Christ! Welcome to pop music. Yeah, it's it's really it's creepy. Well, I think there's an interesting thing about it because there, there's essentially a separation between the beat slash the music, mm-hmm. which can be incredibly good. And I think in pop music, essentially it's essentially catchy, has to be good. Yeah. Um, and then the actual lyrics that go with it. And I think the reality is that we fall more in love with the with the beat or the music piece, and mm-hmm. then sort of people just kind of mindlessly, mindlessly sing along. Yeah. yeah. So like- only a little later do you realize, oh, what have I been saying? <laughs> There's like 80% of pop songs that use the same four chords. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You can yeah. play all the songs with the same four chords. Yep. So the opposite thing actually happened to me with Zane's song, Pillow Talk. The first time I heard it, I was like, whoa, these lyrics are fucked up. And now every time I hear it, I sing along. <laughs> You're like, it's fine. <laughs> it's so good. It's, it's a good it's catch. Just, it's fun. I'm just ignoring the lyrics. It's, it's, a, it's a cool song. Whatever. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, at a certain point, you just, whatever. <laughs> if every song is like that, then maybe, I don't know. Maybe stop listening to pop music. Yeah. I listen to a lot of Rat-A-Tat. Can't That's get upset about the lyrics to Rat-A-Tat, because yeah. they have none. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Very good. And the, the Crypt of the Necrodancer soundtrack. Crypt, yes, Danny Baranowski, Crypt of the Necrodancer soundtrack. It's a good one. It's fantastic. Well, so we, uh, I think Carol was making fun of me last week because I just put a song on repeat and then listened to it forever, and it was it was Ariana Grande's "Dangerous Woman." Make me feel like a danger. And then we had this idea: what if she, what if "danger" was pronounced "danger," which would make that song go from sexy to really weird, dangerous. Feel so dangerous. You make me feel like a dangerous woman. Carol could just hear this, just a low level of it, constantly coming out of my headphones. And Seth used to tell me that apparently, because I, you know, listened to one song for a week or two, mm-hmm. and and then I would just whistle a little. Only piece the of refrain. It. Usually only the refrain, but just a little piece of it. And the worst Seth one was that song. That song insane. "Wake Me Up" by Avicii. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had never heard the song before. <laughs> But Sam listened to it for three weeks. Just every day. It's like what, a four-minute song. Yeah, well, so every so I, day he listened you know, to it. I don't want to because I don't want to have to spend the mental energy. I want to. I want to be spending that on my work. I don't want to think about what's playing. I can't have a shuffling list because then it. You know, you. It'll you play a song songs. you don't like. Exactly. Yeah. You just yeah. pick one. So I just pick one and I don't think about it for weeks. Yeah. Solid uh, method. Sometimes it backfires a little bit for everybody else. Usually I'm doing great. But then you yeah. can't listen Sam to puts song on ever again. Yeah, you can't listen to it ever again after that. But hey, Sam puts on his noise canceling headphones and only whistles the refrain. Everybody else has (laughs) to suffer the consequences. (laughs) 
All right. So next question comes from Alan Falcon again, which is, will there be an updated logo or jingle featuring your new team members? Yeah. Yeah. yeah we talked about how to do this. Yeah. We we're going to do. Ready. Well, not on the podcast. Yeah. yeah so think. Sam has made new heads. Everybody's got their own face. Everybody has a new. Thanks for the face. Be scotch yeah. head. Um, pretty... Thanks for getting a haircut and ruining the face. Yeah. <laughs> and he got, we, we told him, we told him on day one, once you get your be scotch head, it's then your duty, your lifelong responsibility <laughs> to never change your look. You gotta keep it. Brand. But then he got a haircut. And now it's. Uh, I'm gonna put brutal. blueberry smears all over my <laughs> for the update. Put cookie crumbs on Adams. Yeah, Adam turns into a cookie. Yeah. So I think I think what we'll do because we have to we now have to figure out how to make our logo scalable. Mm -hmm. You know, because previous yeah. yeah previously we didn't think about that because we didn't think about a lot of things. Um, <laughs> and most things. So probably what we'll do is we'll do the three heads first, and then when the chorus comes, we'll just explode. All everybody's the, heads everybody. at once onto the screen so we got a we got a recording session probably i think with fat bard sometime in the near future where everyone's gonna have to gonna have to you know sweeten their pipes and get some sing it up a little bit sings going and then he'll auto-tune it depending yeah on, <laughs> depending on how terrible he had are. to fix ours pretty pretty hard yeah so but yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty good and Patrick, i'm excited for when we have 50 people and That's it's just a it's just a an huge, army beautiful chorus a chorus of butter yeah. Buttery voices. Uh, next question comes from Tofos, who asks, regarding the Crashlands on sale, which happened for the summer sale on Steam, haven't you said once that price drops are pure evil, or <laughs> was it just me misinterpreted it? Uh, we probably said that at some point. We say um, a lot of things and then change our minds, but I don't know if we ever said that price drops by themselves are pure evil. I think we've said bundles are pretty much Bundles are evil. bad. They can. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't blanket statement no, no, yeah. that bundles Sorry. are bad. In some contexts. In, in cable company <laughs> bundles are definitely bad. Cable company bundles are terrible though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, don't, don't get those. You're not saving money, guys. Don't do it. Do you need a landline? No. No. That's not a thing that people use anymore. No. <laughs> no. Um yeah, so price drops are and they're an interesting marketing tool um, because they put you into an, an unusual position, which is it's basically you saying that the, that the value of the thing that you're selling may not actually be as high as you originally said it was. Um, it's it's referred to in marketing as brand dilution, that it sort of it sort of reduces the value of the brand of a thing in people's eyes. So it can have negative consequences um, in exchange, like long-term consequences in exchange for short-term, uh, you know, financial spike. Yeah, right? an extreme example would be when a game is released for free through PlayStation Plus or through Xbox Live, and then the next few months, a lot of users are saying, why would I buy this now when wait. I could have gotten it for free? Yeah. It's, mm -hmm. its value is nothing to me at this point. Yep. And even a, even a great game like Rocket League, you mm -hmm. know, sees that effect. And yeah, it did help them a lot and get a huge player base and stuff like that and they did um you know there there is some kind of financial arrangement when it comes to those uh, free games on playstation but um at the same time and now they're they're trapped in this interesting situation where people are waiting yeah a certain so, group of them who use that platform expect it to be a certain price or yeah. zero price and it's even more interesting when you think about it from the perspective of sort of an entire platform where uh so steam steam users in particular are becoming more and more sort of uh enculturated around the idea of of just waiting for sales um where buying things at full price is just not something that a lot of steam users will ever consider doing now because games go on sale so often on steam and at such steep discounts especially you know the summer sale and the winter sale and stuff like that so um 
it puts developers into kind of a crappy position where people just will refuse to buy the thing at the value that the developer thinks it's worth and people will just sit for years and wait until it goes down by three dollars yeah. well, so. <laughs> i think there's there's also no, a nice point about how the platforms work though which is that um we have the ability to via wish listing on on steam in particular and this is not true on mobile i don't think there's any wish listing on google capability. play there's a wish is list there? but it's pretty hard to find actually okay. so it's not um, and i don't think we have access to that no. um so on on steam it's different where if you wish list a game uh, you're essentially saying, I, at some point, for some amount of money, I would buy this. And so Steam uh, makes sure that as a developer, when you actually put your game on sale, they send out an email on your behalf to everybody who has your game on their wish list, and they say, hey, such and such game is X percent off. Yeah, it's usually an item on your wish list on right. sale so that they get you to click through. And so uh, the interesting thing about that is that there's a different, there's a totally different edge of it too. So yes, on the one side, uh, you know, price drops are can can cause some brand dilution. But because of the way the platform is currently structured, it's actually one of the only ways that we have to re-engage people who have expressed interest with the game and haven't bought yet. Mm -hmm. um, there is no way for us to say with an update to the game where we say, hey, we've added a bunch of stuff or hey, the creator's done or whatever. We can't send a note to all the people who have the game wishlisted who maybe that would tip the scales in terms of them being like oh i would pay 15 dollars for this now yeah um, the only the other the only other way to get in touch would be to have a big enough update like the creator and we're getting in touch with press and getting those press beats right. again but even then you know having people it who doesn't have go said, straight to their inbox it doesn't which yeah, is so powerful. straight to the inbox of people who have said i want this at some point right, right? so it's interesting to me because i think the 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 true nature of of this of the sort of sales mentality on Steam in particular is really grown out of the fact that we can't we have all these wish listers you know up up to something you know anybody depending on the game you'll have anywhere from you know a couple thousand hundreds of thousands of people who have said I want to buy this at some point um, but the only way for you to reach out directly to them is to actually put the game on sale the mm -hmm. only way I'm pretty sure it is the only way yeah so that's our communication tool yeah so it actually Seems to me it actually works it's it's a weird sort of communication <laughs> tool where it says okay um because I think we have after our last and every every time you go on sale then you actually get more wishlisters on there who are like okay well it's it's 12 bucks or whatever now um maybe it'll be 10 later it still has good reviews yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh I, I wouldn't buy it until it was say 10 or something um so then you get you get this new batch of people who you know okay next price point that we drop it to we should we need to reach out to them um but the i guess the just the interesting thing about that whole thing to me is that it's not it's not so much sales don't seem like so much of a negative thing anymore as they used to when we were just thinking about it in pure like brand dilution terms yeah whatever. yeah because to me it's almost like over the course of time you just try to meet as many people as possible in the middle with regards to what what they're willing to offer what you're willing to, to pay for or what you're willing to to give up for it. um it just so happens unfortunately that the only tool by which we can talk to those people is literally by putting the game on sale we actually had a really funny uh, sort of moment of realization where as so we put Crashlands on sale for the Steam Summer Sale at 20% off, mm -hmm. which came out to $3 off. And that was six months after launch. And so we actually crunched it out uh, in terms of what your daily savings were. If you didn't buy it on launch day and instead waited six months to get a $3 discount, it was like 0.01 cents per day or something. Yeah. And we you know? tweeted that. We, <laughs> yeah. we were very... Yeah, or one cent per day or something. So it really isn't about the savings. It's just yeah. about the principle of not buying something at full price. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's a psychology for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's so... I mean, we, we've also been fiddling with that. We had expressed that idea of, you know, maybe not going below a third price, which we'd seen Shovel Knight. They have a 
strong stance against that um, because of this whole idea of brand dilution. But then we read the most recent Steam Spy article about his sort of huge analysis of all the Steam sales stuff Mm -hmm. where they saw that actually the best place to essentially stop your discounts in a sense is around 50 or 60 percent because that's where you get you suddenly get a way high volume percent off or percent off okay yeah because you you get a way high volume of of users from that there's still some price involved there but above above that point you're not like you're essentially treading water because the price discount's so steep that the number of people who are buying it just can't even make up you know as far as sales go yeah well i I always find it interesting when i see a game that was originally maybe you know 20 or 30 dollars at launch and then a few years down the road you'll see it all of a sudden pop up at two dollars or something like that uh whenever i see that i always make a mental note to come back and buy it when it's up a little bit higher because i just feel like that's just way too damn really? low. Like it feels bad to pay two bucks for a game that you know that people spent that much time working on. And yeah, you've got a heart of gold, Seth. I, I do. <laughs> I just do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next question comes from comes from Spud Shamer, who's been That's doing weird name. things to potatoes. Who <laughs> 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 uh, asks, what were some of your favorite games growing up and currently, and what have been some of your inspirations for your work? Anybody want to take take a crack at it? Uh, I liked Populous. Oh, we need to make a god game. <laughs> Populous. I have to get my charger. Populous. Uh, ba- Sam's legs fell asleep and his battery is dying, so he's strutting away. <laughs> yeah, Populous. Uh, was a it was a god game sort of, um, by Bullfrog Studios, which I think was somehow associated with Peter Molyneux. Do you remember? That Sam? wouldn't surprise me if it's a god yeah. game. That's his thing. That's his um, thing. And in it, you you played as you were sort of a shamanistic leader of a of a tribe of indigenous people who um, would sort of worship and do stuff to grant powers to you. And you had to conquer other tribes and uh, you jumped from planet to planet and eventually took over the entire solar system. Uh, it's super fun. And it had a lot of interesting terrain sculpting mechanics where you could sink people's bases into the sea and you could raise volcanoes and it would actually change the shape of the terrain. And when the terrain changed, it would destroy buildings and and stuff like that Neat. or if there was if there was a little character walking and you created a mountain there then they would the train would become unpassable and they would just fall backwards and roll down the hill and they couldn't you know they couldn't get through um, yeah so you could do all kinds of cool spells to change the the play area which is something i haven't really seen in very many yeah I mean, I was, i'm actually honestly surprised that someone hasn't done a to me, it's like it's kind of like Stardew Valley with mm-hmm. Harvest Moon. I feel like if someone did a populist remake, yeah, and it was even cooler be because cool. every every campaign or every level was actually a planet, and it was just mm-hmm. a really small planet, and so you could so the the game world wrapped around completely, right? So instead of having you know a square map that the gameplay session is taking place in, you know the left is the right and the right is the left, so you could approach approach uh you know coming at the opponent from any conceivable direction which was kind of cool super fun game andy what did you grow up playing uh i played super mario world 3 with my sister oh hell yeah that was luigi is that the one where you become a (laughs) raccoon yeah yeah that is yeah we played the crap out of it yes yeah it was good uh as far as recently uh i have to say battlefield 4 is my favorite at the moment yeah what is that on is that on uh ps4 ps4 yeah cool cool i grew up playing uh i was a nintendo kid and so i played super mario rpg was probably my favorite game as a kid that was some good stuff Mm. played a lot of pokemon played a lot of harvest moon which is why i love stardew valley so much uh currently stuff that inspires me and that i like to play i'm an indie like a narrative indie player so i 
I was super into Stardew Valley, like I said. I really am inspired by a lot of Nina Freeman's work, so I really enjoyed Sybil. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved, oh my gosh, Kentucky Route Zero, which they just announced oh, yeah, today. The that. new chapter is out, and so I can't wait to get home and play that. Uh, I love Firewatch. Firewatch, I loved. <laughs> Shut your mouth, because I loved it. I haven't played it yet. I have I no mean, opinion. Uh, <laughs> basically, basically any, any game that a lot of people like to argue it's game worthiness, I'm into. I'm so into, because I love games that really push, push what the genre can be and that tell really good stories and that have really beautiful... Uh, yeah, you just just a lot of thought behind it. Game worthiness is an interesting word because it implies that something only has worth if it's a game, right? Yeah. Whoa, yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyways, what's what's your favorite set? Anyways, let's just walk away from that <laughs> flaming dumpster of conversation, please. Uh, so I think uh, one of my favorite games from growing up was playing Diablo two, probably. And I know that my freshman year of school, I had a little uh, Asus netbook when those were a thing. Well, EPC. 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 And I didn't have a mouse at the time, but during psych class, which is like a 300-person class, intro to psych, I would just play Diablo 2 um, during that entire seminar. And I got a level 74 Zoomancer, I think, out of it. And what, also, what broke. the hell is a Zoomancer? It's a necromancer who just raises tons and tons of skeletons. So you have just this army of beasts running around. That's cool. But the best part about it was that my left click button broke from, <laughs> from, playing from that too game much so Diablo. Much. Uh, so I played a lot of Diablo. And then um, in more recent years, it's been uh, League of Legends, which I pre- played a lot with my uh, friends when I was, when I was uh, sick. And then beyond that, um, I think Binding of Isaac and Super Meat Boy were hugely interesting to me. I think just because I played them right around the time where I made my first game, and so it was all kind of they're pretty actiony and they're actiony. They're pretty simple as far as you know general mechanics, but then go real deep with their gameplay. Um, And I think because of the timing of that, seeing that both the art being what looked like a simple art style and the gameplay being this really focused and tight thing, and then making my first game, it sort of all it all sort of bound together to give me this feeling like oh i could just go and we did get a lot of um, comments when we first got started of people being like this kind of reminds the art kind of reminds me of super meat boy yeah now it reminds people of behemoth yeah so who knows what reminded them of next maybe butterscotch well i I actually (laughs) remember the first time i ever saw a butterscotch game was at the 2013 global game jam it was the i know cpr i think oh yeah and i was like holy crap this is like they're like the new behemoth and see we didn't even know who know behemoth was <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know any of their games at that time yeah so yeah i loved i loved behemoth games uh in college i was such a castle crashers nerd i haven't played any behemoth games yet we but i play will castle crashers sometime. okay let's do it it would be so much fun oh i love that game maybe we'll stream it that huh. would be a lot of fun. Ooh, yeah. We should start. Yeah, we should definitely start streaming. We did get a play. request to stream Rocket League because we now have six people in the office, which leads to some great three v three potential. We scream mm-hmm. so much. It's very loud. Yeah. Well, there's so many profanities. Yeah, this yeah this would not be a G rated Twitch stream. Well, I no. I seventeen. Type if you're interested in that, I guess. I mean, you know, maybe tweeted us or something because I I would be curious to know what <laughs> who actually wants to. Hear that. See this nonsense yeah. and hear us just screaming. It's going to be and wild. cursing. It's wild every time it happens. Yeah. All right. Do we want to do one more question or? We got we got room All for right. one. One more question. Uh, Squeeze one in. Final one is from Paper Shark. From Paper Shark. Paper Shark. 
uh, in Crashland, the Infinisuit. Is that is that the right name? Infinisuit. Yeah. Infinisuit. The Infinisuit can hold infinite items, thus equaling infinite mass. Theoretically, could you put the entire planet of Wonope in your suit? And if you could, couldn't you put the whole of the universe in your suit? Okay, so let me just say this is a common misconception about the <laughs> actually about the Infinisuit. Okay, here's the also, real deal. Get your fingers away from the whole of the universe. Can I just? <laughs> Yeah, don't put don't, don't put, put your, your finger in there. <laughs> Leave the universe alone. Keep touching that. Um, here's what. So th remember, the Infinity Suit is made by the Bureau of Shipping. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they specialize in shipping and storage mm. of various items. The Infinity Suit actually just has basically a pocket with a wormhole that leads to a giant warehouse mm. over in some you know somewhere where the Bureau of Shipping operates. Uh, so it's kind of like just having a warehouse in your pocket, and that's basically it. But if so, that's the case, couldn't the Bureau of Shipping just have put a rocket ship in there, and then Flux could have just pulled a rocket ship out of her pocket and flown off the planet, Seth? Uh, nope. No, because of the warp, <laughs> because of the, because of the sort of space-time nope. ripples that are created by mm. the warp drive of a rocket, you know, it simply cannot pass through a wormhole. Even when the rocket's makes not sense. operating. Yeah. Also, how would you fit that in the pocket? Yeah, how do you get how do you get stuff out of the pocket? Or how it's do you get stuff elastic. in the, yeah. in the pocket? Ooh. Flux, Flux just kind of like I saw a video <laughs> like that in middle school. Yeah, so in practical terms, you know, Flux just reaches into the pocket, and just feels around in that warehouse until she finds what she needs. Until somebody pulls hands it, it out. To her. Uh, we had to we had to kind of streamline that process for crash lands. We did have a full mini game where it would just show the warehouse of all your items, and your hand would emerge from a hole in space time, and yeah. then you had to. It would take sometimes up to three or four hours to find the item you needed. Um, oh my god! Can we make an actual mini game like a free to play mini game for that warehouse simulator? Yeah. Um, yeah. It turned out to be. It just it just interrupted the action a little bit too much when every time you opened your bag you had to wait four hours. So <laughs> so we cut that part out. Yeah. And but. yeah, you can't put the whole of the universe in it. Nope. Just no. enough that, stuff to fit in a warehouse. Yeah, yeah, that won't fit in a warehouse. Yeah. It's a pretty a, good size warehouse. They would though. need a bigger warehouse. Yeah. Okay. A warehouse bigger than the universe. I think that's it for this episode of Coffee with Butterscotch. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us, Andy. Before yeah. you go back to the training dungeon. Glad to be here. And uh, we will see you all next week. If you want to catch up on any podcasts or ask any questions, go to podcast.bscotch.net. Otherwise, go to the new and improved, probably either today or <laughs> in the next couple of days, butterscotch-shenanigans.com website to see the new website as well as just peruse around and find cool stuff about us. And if you and want to get your questions to next week's podcast I already said that. Be podcast.bscutcher.net Okay. <laughs> and Shut your mouth, Seth! If you want Seth to start paying closer attention <laughs> make a comment at podcast.bscutcher.net Yeah, just uh, you don't have to. You don't want to. <laughs> we also have Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff. Yep. So you know, do the things. Find us, follow us. We post pictures now. We mm -hmm. talk about stuff. We actually just posted a work in progress of the next game, which we, we did. didn't even talk about at all. So you should check that out on our Twitter and or Instagram and or Facebook. It's codenamed Brunch because as Seth said, Crash Lands was just breakfast. That's right. So We're just getting started. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye. 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 Okay, thanks, bye.